Hey everybody, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. It is Monday and I'm on fire. I think you know why I'm about to become a nonstop, relentless, ravenous circus monkey trying to convince you, to help you understand that you need, you have to have the SendGem Sales and Marketing Super Course. Now, I'm not going to hammer you on the podcast today. In fact, what I'm doing is I pulled the audio down from a really cool Facebook Live we did about two days ago when I was in Florida, and it has like 3,000 views already. It's going crazy. I think it was helping a lot of people. People are sharing it and liking it, and it's a conversation with me and Derek Smallwood and Brandon Vaughn and Bobby Walker, who's building a a brand new business really quickly, and we answer some questions, and we just have a lighthearted, fun conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. But Before you do anything, push pause on this and go to supermarketingcourse.com, supermarketingcourse.com, and put your email in. If you don't opt into this now, you're going to miss out on some bonuses that we're including with the launch, all kinds of secret awesome stuff. You need to put your email in there. And uh, that way you don't miss out. I would hate for you to miss out. I don't care how successful your business is, how much you think you know about sales and marketing, how in the world would you not be so excited like I am to learn from 15 instructors across a wide variety of home service industries, all doing huge amounts of revenue, very profitable companies or leaders and thought leaders in their niche, in their space, in the service industry, teaching you exactly how they've, they're doing it now and how they've done it to build their business to where it is. That's what what this is. The course isn't fluff or anything like that. It's just nuts and bolts, specific strategic uh, information for you that you can apply like the next day after watching it. It's really amazing. You got to check it out. Go to supermarketingcourse.com and here we go. Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. 10 out of 10 people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can on Facebook. How the heck are you? We are live in Orlando, Florida. Woo, 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 woo. And we just saw Tony Robbins, which was really cool. What? Yeah, we're chirping. We're, little e- we're eaglets. But um, what's really cool about the internet is the ability to connect with people from all over the world, right? And one of the funnest things that I get to do, is funnest a word, don't answer that, but one of the coolest things I get to do is sometimes when I travel, I get to connect with people that are like in my internet network. And one of those people is Mr. Bob Walker. How are you doing, Bob? Good. And uh, Bob is fighting the good fight, building a small business. He's actually growing at a very rapid rate, but he lives 20 minutes from, from Orlando when the event ended. And there's a little bit of time that we had before we got to fly back. And I'm like, Bob, get over here. Let's hang out. Uh, but he's doing some incredible things. And of course, we have Mr. Brandon Vaughn with us, who has a multi million dollar home service company. And if you listen to my podcast or follow what I do, I talk about Brandon all the time, and uh, it's it's cool when you get to, to hang out. So what I want you guys to do is if you have questions about your business, no matter what size it is, we'll talk about it for a few minutes. I also have my right-hand man, uh, Derek Smallwood. The only. We call him the integrator because he's really, really good with technology. He's helped me build and scale Send Gym, our software company. And I had a home service company for 10 years, about 10 years, built and sold it. 
And then I started doing this app, which was super easy, right, Derek? Oh, incredible. If you right. build it, they will come. No, they will not come. It has to be super amazing. You have to market it, and you have to be a crazy maniac. Well, I know that now, And but we, we grew 5X last year, and we're going to go 5 to 10X this year. It's going to be amazing. So um, here's the deal with Bob. Bob has a young business about 14 months old yep. or so, mm-hmm. and he's going to do $400,000 in revenue this year, and it's going to happen. And the unique thing about Bob, and the reason I asked Bob to come over here, because I get a lot of requests to connect with people, but Bob stands out to me because, I'll tell you, it's really simple, he's a doer. Uh, When I first met him, I don't know, maybe a year ago or close to that, he'd ask a couple questions, because I get asked a lot of questions. I usually answer them if I can, if I have time, but people don't actually do it. They don't do the stuff. I'm not mad at you for not doing it. My heart breaks for you because you don't do it. Bob did it. And then he asked a different question. Hey, I did that. What, what do I do with this? Uh, and then he did that thing. And then he did the other thing. And within just a few months, starting from nothing, after losing a job with his back against the wall, he's doing $10,000, $30,000 a month. It's crazy. and It's a crazy story. So do you guys have any questions for Brandon, for Derek, for me, or for Bob? What's going on? We've got about 33 people on here. Let me give a shout out to everybody that's on here. We're looking at Mike and David and Ashley. Oh, my wife's on here. What up, baby? <laughs> I miss you. I'll see you tomorrow. We got Ron. We got Mike Callahan. Mike Callahan is amazing. He's got a multi-million dollar lawn care business. He's awesome, super smart. John and Larry and Kevin, Jeff, Yasser, James, Casey. Hello. What's up, Casey? Hello. Gary Guyman, Marketing Mafia. What's up? We got Mitch and Colin, Jim. Jim Palmer, I just saw you here at Funnel Hacking. He had to leave. He lives on a yacht because he's a super amazing business guy. What's up, Jim? And we got Ryan and Juan and Mario and Nick and Amber. Let's see what we got here. I'm a window cleaner. How do you get through the hard times? I have some people, then it's slow. I'm going to interpret that to mean there's natural ebbs and flows to the market. Why don't you take that one? What does he do, Brandon? Help the guy. Well, if if he's talking about slow with regards to – um, you know, just in the middle of your season where you should be busy, that's one thing, as opposed to just being slow in like the winter time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna approach it from the aspect of if you're if you're slow during a time when you should be busy, you know, you can work. You're not slow because it's winter, but you you know you you can work. Usually, what that what that's the cause of is doing what I was guilty of every single time in my my window cleaning business when I was growing is I would get into a mode where it was sell, 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 work, 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 work. Oh, crap. <laughs> yes. That sell, is sell, 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 exactly sell, 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 right. work, 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 work. Oh, crap. I have no work. Right, right, right. And so the, the, the tough part about that is is that you have to structure and plan your sales in a way so that you're actually selling while you're working and while you're busy right. and continuing that sales process, not just being like, oh, sweet, I'm booked out for two you know, two weeks, a month, two right. months. Yeah, You have to continue selling and continue doing that. And if you're booked out two months, get another truck. Right. Go get another one. If you're Don't booked out three to four weeks, get a new truck. One thing that was amazing crazy. to me is that AC Lockyer, who's one of my personal business mentors, he has like he was really, really ballsy. If I could use that expression, but he that means was, aggressive. He was. He would. If he was booked out more than four days, he would put another truck on the road. Ours was three weeks. Four days. Four days. Wow. Well, he made a lot more money than me. There's so. a reason why he was able to scale up to thirty <laughs> trucks. Is because 
me, like when, in the earlier uh, years, if I was booked out for two months, I wore like a badge of honor. I was like, yeah, <laughs> right. two months. People want me. <laughs> right. Because you know, I was scared. To but get the opportunity bags. cost yeah. is immense. It is. Yeah. You should start losing a lot of customers. It's massively bad. Value, and so you have to pick up the capacity. In, in, so always be selling and keep pushing through there and don't get into that habit to where you just sell and then you stop and you work. And this is just like a yeah. fatal sin that's normal that we've all done is that small businesses, they do marketing backwards. It's not that you're not aware you should market, but you market when there's no work and people don't want to buy your stuff and you stop spending money to market when everybody wants to buy your stuff because there's always a natural ebb and flow to your service. It's different on where you are in the country and stuff, but there is like a buying cycle and stuff. And me and Brandon actually talked about this and it, it doesn't have to be a cliff. You can round out those those things, but there are natural times of year when people get your thing, like when they clean their carpet or they get their gutters cleaned or they do the stuff. You need to be aware of that ahead of time. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. Just plan for it and market when people are buying. Hopefully that helps. We got Timothy. He says, what's the biggest thing you do to get over self-limiting beliefs? I think that's a great question for Bob. Bob got fired from a job or downsized and had to start a company and was probably panicking and you're going to do 400,000 your second season, not knowing anything. I'm sure you're still battling <laughs> self-limiting beliefs. I, every time you say that, I'm thinking I'm not going to hit 400,000, but, uh, but that's the plan. I, I think there's a couple of things, guys. <clears throat> One is I think we just got to realize that the people that are successful out there, they're just normal people that, that have done it. You know, they're just normal people that did the right things every day. Um, and then two, I've got to realize that I'm I'm as good as anyone else, you know. And, and that's the bottom line. Is I know uh, I've heard Josh talk about it, and I've, Brandon talked about it on a podcast this past week, where uh, they've all had failures, they all have doubts, they all have fears. You were talking about, you know, you, you'll get beat up and you'll put your head in the sand and kind of want to hide for a little bit. And I'm like, wow, Josh is successful. And that was like last week. Yeah, yeah, you know. And <laughs> just to be clear, it's hard. To yeah. do this, people have it's, it's real hard. their expectations sometimes are just wrong when they go into it. So then when they get smacked, they just collapse. It's hard. Yeah. And so my point on that is this, is if I realize I'm as good as anyone, and the fact is you are. Now you have your weakness. You have a strength Josh doesn't have. He has a strength you don't have, whatever. But we, we're, we all have the goods to do it. So then we just got to be honest with ourselves. You know, whenever we we have a failure, you know, we got to look. You got to look in the mirror and be honest and say, okay, um, I failed because I didn't stick to the plan. I didn't do the basics. I, I wasn't I wasn't marketing. I wasn't selling. I wasn't cashing checks. Or I wasn't going back to number one, which was marketing. What I was really doing was wasting money on working on my business when I don't have a business to work on yet. Something mm, like that. Ooh, you know? that's a goal. So, that's a truth bomb. That is. Over systemizing things yeah. as, as a way to procrastinate because of the fear of actually going and selling stuff. So yes. So now back to the self-limiting beliefs. One thing here, let me get you over it. You're as good as anybody. Bottom line, you're as good as anyone. And you've just got to be willing to as fail, as fail as much as the guys that have been there. And I'm not saying that from the guy that has reached the level of success. I'm saying that, as the guy that has overcome the self-limiting beliefs. Now, to quote one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Remember the Titans, it's just like Great came. I gotta give it time, I know it'll work. So, Bam. Love it. What's up, Chad, what's up, Diana, David? Hey, Cy, my brother, my best friend. <laughs> it made perfect sense, we're, we're crushing it here. We got 56 people on here. I wanna get as many questions as we can. 
Uh, yeah, guys, you can share the video and stuff, and then let's we'll, share. Let's get the views out. We got yeah, 50, like 50 smash the like button, bro. Do I sound like a YouTube star? Yeah. Just smash that like button. No, <laughs> I've been seeing that. Larry has a really good question. I think for Brandon, um, he says, "How do you inject purpose into seemingly menial tasks such as window cleaning?" So I believe what he's talking about is like your company culture. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of employees. Didn't you just make like fourteen new hires or something? Yeah. So he's hiring a lot of people. How do you? How do you gamify or bring in like some sort of fun slash culture slash passion to what Larry's describing as a menial task? Like, what are some tactics or what do you have to say about that, Brandon? So I'll share I'll share my own personal experience because I think it's different for everybody. Um, but for me, when I was when I was small and when we were you know I hired my first employee, um, I always viewed us as what's the vision for what we're gonna be. You know, selling, selling the why, selling the reasons why, um, you know, you may say that you're just a window cleaner that all you do is just do window cleaning, but you, you make people extremely happy. It is a service. And if you, I'm sure you'd agree that nothing makes you more happy than looking back and saying, wow, I did a really great work. My customers are super thrilled. So you couple really deep satisfaction with the quality of work and taking a great deal amount of pride with that. What? Oh, I was reading Zach's comment. The bald guy doesn't have the same shirt as us. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. That was good. Finish. Um, and so and then the other thing is, is that um, I kept I kept selling the vision of our company becoming a national company, even though I knew that it probably wasn't me that would take it to that finish line because I always had the you know the, the strategy that I wanted to uh, honestly automate, grow, and sell my company. There's a plug for you, Josh. Yeah. Automate, <laughs> grow, and sell my company. And that's actually one of the things that attracted me to Josh. Well, in, even yeah, even if you don't want to sell, you should build a sellable company because it protects your family. There's massive benefits to it. It's more turnkey, and uh, it's, it's just a better business. But my takeaway from the question of how do you sell the idea to employees about a menial task, I think the real root problem is that you think it's a menial task. If you don't think it's cool, how can someone else think it's cool? Remember Kirk Hempton? It's not a menial task. It's amazing. Remember Kirk Hempton sitting down with the CEO of Infusionsoft? Yes, yes. Tell that. Tell that. So, well, if Kirk's watching, sorry, I'm going to probably butcher the story. But um, Infusionsoft is a multi-good, jillion-dollar company. The CEO of it talked to our friend Kirk Hempton, who had a window cleaning business, and he said, He was was in a room full of all these other people who had really sexy businesses, and he goes, well, I, I just don't think. He's like, I just don't really have a sexy business. And the CEO like stopped. He got mad. He got everyone in the room and he said, if you don't think that your business is sexy, why would any of your customers want to do business with you? Because they're not going to think it's sexy either. You have to look at it and say that your business is sexy and it offers this incredible service and be so proud of your brand and so proud of what you're doing. And as CEO of your company, even if you have one employee or no employees, you're CEO of the company. Yes. You have to be casting that vision every single day to say, our company freaking rocks. We bring light into the residential world. (laughs) We save marriages. We squeegee things. No, we don't squeegee things. We beautify things. Well, that might be a little heavy, but you got to be passionate about your business. And the deliverable isn't that important, but you can still have passion. If you're too cheesy, people will see through it, but it is really important that you as the owner know what you want, what your mountaintop is, what your why is, and that you are bleeding out the the, the, the emotion around that. And go find a cause. Go find a cause because uh, millennials especially has been proven that they 
um, one of the number one things they appreciate about working is working in an environment where they can make an impact. And if you can make an impact in your community or for some kind of an organization or something and align yourself in a way that empowers them to be able to have some kind of an impact in the world, they're way more likely to stay with you, yeah, and way more likely to be involved and engaged. The cleaning the thing or the mowing the lawn or the building the retaining wall or the carpet or that, that doesn't even matter. That's the how. The employee doesn't care if it's a menial task of the how. What they care about is what what's in it for them, right? So maybe they have student loan debt or they want to get married or they're trying to buy their first house or they want like extra weekends off to play more video games if they're millennial. I don't know. Just saying. Whatever it is, frame it in a way that gives them the thing that they want. Here's one, here, one more thing. Okay. Go onto Amazon right now and buy a book called The Dream Manager. Yes. Um, it is a book that will completely change your mindset as far as what it means to build a company culture. One of the big epiphany book for me. Yeah. It's an amazing. Lisa McQueen's one that recommended that uh, to okay. me originally on the podcast. Everybody's freaking out about it. Jay Murphy. Jay Bro. Murphy. What's up, Jay? Quit, quit, quit telling us about thanksjay.com. Thanksjay.com is the single most important website you will visit this year. Go ahead. It's an affiliate link. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Sai says, no one wants to call a plumber. How do I fix that? Ooh, no that's a curve. No one wants to, no one wants to call a plumber. Mm. When I have weird smells in my house and there's water everywhere, I desperately want to call a plumber. They want to call now, a plumber. I think what he's saying though, is that like our world is repeat. So he's my best friend from childhood. So he's trying to throw me a curveball. But, um, <laughs> here's, here's the deal. First of all, you have to make sure that all the people you've ever done service for, because it's not a repeat service. It's an, I, something bad happened and a call out of the blue service. Right. Right. So let's put our thinking caps on. With that type of business, for me, it's all about relationship marketing and having deep, deep, deep roots into your clients. So if you have, you, I, Sai, I know that you have thousands of customers over the years. Uh, what are you doing right now to engage and stay in front of and authentically connect with all those people that already gave you money? Why did they give you money? Because they like you. Uh, that's the issue. You know, Because it's an emergency service, to me, tell me, if you, any of you have a thoughts, um, if there's no loyalty hard baked into your strategy after the service, then they're just going to Google plumber again and then call the person that picks up the phone first, which sucks for you. So you need to be making sure you're maximizing the value of the current book of business. That's that's the best I can think of right now. What do you think? The thing I'd add is that dude, that's a mind state. That, that, that's a mindset question because if, if – That's a poopy mindset. If the statement is – so and, number two, and nobody I'm wants to call a plumber. I'm not thinking on Sai, but if you, but you can pick on Sai, he's awesome. If you think that no one wants to call you, then your customers, they will not want to call you. You you need to understand that everybody wants to call you and that everyone wants to do business with you. And your business is incredible. And even if you have to do daily affirmations with Stuart Smalley in the mirror and say, <laughs> my business is awesome and it's I'm good, good enough, enough. Gosh, darn I'm people like me. Strong enough. It, I'm serious. Okay. It is. Gosh darn it, people like me. I just started doing daily affirmations like this week. Those are powerful. <laughs> How do you find employees? Well, I can promise you that they don't fall in your lap on accident. It's a strategy. It's a tactic. You have to do stuff. You have to do stuff. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's not a byproduct of like, oh, man, bummer for me. You have to do it. So it's a strategy. First of all, who's your attractive employee? What's your avatar? What words can you write on the job post that attracts that type of person to engage with you? After they engage with you, what words do you say to them to see if they're a bold-faced liar and to vet them and to call the references? What does that look like? After that, right? And a good way to find employees is to look at current employees, 
your warm network of people, ask for referrals, say exactly what you want, use social media, and then use every other channel you can. Let's get some other questions here, and we're going to have to hop off because we got an early morning tomorrow. Uh, you guys are awesome, by the way. Um, let's see what we got. Um, Brandon, do you take on debt to grow or do you use company cash, self-finance, to pay for 100% of stuff? I'm struggling with that. I'm debt-free now. So Drew, he's debt-free, but he's like, man, I want to grow really fast, and debt seems really awesome. Yeah. What do you do? That's a great question. So uh, for us, we didn't incur any debt um, up until we hit about uh, 700 and about 600000 when we, you know, we were, we were debt-free up to that point. That's when we got a line of credit for the first time. Yeah. Because so actually, my, the cash flow. My, my, business, my business mentor, um, she said, you really, really, really need to have a, a business line of credit, you know, just in case, for the just in case. You don't want to be one accident or lawsuit or something away from instantly losing your entire business. You want to have some cushion. Um, but the, the, when we actually started incurring debt was when I started financing some of my um, vehicles to because we were growing faster than we had the cash capital. So we, we would grow, we grew um, over 100% in one one year's time span which is painful it was really painful and it was and we also while we did that big growth i learned a lot of really hard lessons on um employees and managers and keeping managers accountable and i kind of thought that like oh i'd made it and i stepped way back from my business and kind of enjoyed the fruits of my labor but didn't set up accountability things and it it hurt my company and it got us to a point to where we did not do really great financially for one year and and I really needed that that credit and that availability to be able to kind of get us out of that slump and then we were able to you know get back up and yeah we, we tried know. to say debt free having debt it's not like it's well here let me, let me say this so you you pay rent to get a shop mm -hmm. so you're, you're actually paying the rent to get a shop why would you not pay rent to get cash because you, you don't have the ability to be able to buy that asset. So cash is your number one asset in your business. Cash flow is the number one most important thing. And sometimes it's, it actually makes terrific financial sense to rent cash in an appropriate way on stuff that is for secured purposes and be able to bring that in, especially if that is your bottleneck from scaling up as quickly. If you have to start turning down customers because you don't have what you need in order to keep up with your growth pace, in my opinion, that's what it's appropriate. And I want to debrandify that, debrandify that a little. Debt is fine when you know what you're doing with it. All the big boys leverage debt correctly, but most of the people watching this run. Okay, you don't need that yet. Um, but it, it's situational. You know, it's a, it's a hard thing to say. You got to be very careful, and you might spend it on the right thing. And one thing I'll say with debt or investment money is you never take on debt to experiment with stuff. You yeah. take on debt to invest in something that's already working. And this is the disconnect. So people say, well, if I just had $20,000, then my business would work. Right. No, no, it won't. No, it won't. Yeah, it's, not, it's not monopoly money. You, if you have something, like Brandon had, had put some systems in place where he was growing 100% per year. Well, that's not normal, but that, that's fine. And he had a handle on it. He had some good mentors in his life too. And so they strategically uh, – uh, use debt strategically so that they could keep pace with the scale because if you paid cash for lesser vehicles but it would have slowed down their growth so but for most people they're not 
honestly, they're not Brandon Vaughn and he's a super numbers nerd. So in, in general, I don't like that. Um, we financed two vehicles at my service company at the very, very end. And I didn't even like that. Brandon's company is a lot bigger than mine was. Um, but hopefully that helps. Listen, we're, we're going to have to sign off, but I want Derek to sign off. We're finishing up an amazing conference at Funnel Hacking Live. We're in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. It's amazing. I promised my wife I'd get a picture with Mickey Mouse. It didn't happen. Uh, I texted Mickey, but he never texted me back. He blew me off. He's, he's I don't know. I thought it was cool. But uh, Derek, can you can you share with us a few of the takeaways that you learned that would be applicable to home service companies, uh, whether it's mindset, self-limiting beliefs, how important it is to be around people that are motivated. <clears throat> Drop some inspiration, then we're going to sign off. Thank you, guys. Derek, you can sit here so they can hear you. Sure. Yeah. So uh, one of the some of the there were so many takeaways. First off, and probably one of the biggest things was. Um, just the mindset that you go through and breaking false beliefs and actually establishing um, what your customers actually think about. Like they may have had a bad experience with buying this product or service and establishing what you've got to do to actually um, come up with the headlines and everything that you need to do to go ahead and have those objections addressed before you even build the, the funnel or your website or even your sales copy at all. Uh, that was one just small little takeaway. There was others like um, setting up strategies with after the first week, looking at your numbers from a one-week test. Talk about moral obligation. <clears throat> yeah, so that was a it. it so moral obligation. Uh, Myron Golden came up on stage. Uh, that was today, right? Yeah. And so he talked about a, a few different uh, closes, really. But the first one was moral obligation, and moral obligation is you know you're you're obligated to provide your superior premium service to to your customers as and many people as possible as, yeah as many people as possible and and uh, if you're if you're not doing those things you're doing a disservice to your customer um, that was another great thing and then the other thing was is basically taking those um, I mentioned in a video of mine you can check that out where I talked about the uh, analyzing your ads and stuff. Uh, in a quick, easy to to do way, uh, to be able to see how your ads are doing. Uh, the last thing would be these shirts. What does it mean? And that was probably the biggest thing that happened this entire week. Is <clears throat> is Tim Ballard is with the Underground Railroad Outreach Program. Operation Underground, Operation Railroad. Underground Railroad, and they are film dot org. Do you, do you guys want to talk? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll put that link right uh, here after I get done explaining it. But ourfilm.org is where you can go to get registered for the release of this documentary. Tim Ballard is a um, – he was – what? He's a former, former CIA special – Special uh, forces. Thing yeah, with, special uh, forces. Sex trafficking for children. Yep, sex trafficking for children. children. And he wasn't able to make a huge difference because of the laws and how they work. And sex trafficking of children, organ doning, uh, donors of children, even just labor of children and stuff is actually a lot larger than we even have thought about. And we watched, we got the opportunity to watch the documentary with a screening, and it was actually the first time that Tim had had seen the the film, and uh, it was just heart life changing. Just it was just yeah. Tell them to go to the URL, they got yeah. to check it out. It's amazing. Type it in. Yeah, yeah type, type that in. in. Um, and then, uh, I think I did that. Yeah. There you go. 
Cool. Perfect. Hey, guys, listen. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're excited. We're in Florida. Woo! Bobby, thank you for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you very much. And uh, how do you go in 14 months to a $400,000 business? I'll tell you, it's by actually doing. It's not about being perfect. It's not about building 500 complex systems. He's just doing the basic stuff at a high level. I mean, really. And it is your moral obligation to sell your stuff to your market. And when you hold back, you're hurting your staff, you're hurting their future opportunity, and you're hurting the people in your community that need clean carpet from you because you're the best because you have integrity. You do the right thing when no one's looking. You're that person. You have to sell your stuff or you are hurting your local town. Do it. Stop having fear and self-limiting beliefs. And if you have it, get in a different room. Hang out with people that are hungry like you are. And thank you, Brandon. It was awesome hanging out with you this week. Bob, Derek. You guys are amazing. See you later, Later, guys. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.